Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, and Jim Rodriguez in Montreal joining us on the program today. So good to have you, J-Rod. The NBA draft is tomorrow, and of course, the big story is that number two pick. Will it be Brandon Miller? Will it be Scoot Henderson? And so we're going to look at all the different ways that we're interested in betting the draft and as I was researching this last night, guys, I'm I'm more and more interested in these Thompson twins. Like, I just find it intriguing because there seems to be some people higher on Amen, some higher on Ozer. And I, I mean, is this a place where we could find some value? Could one of them even go third? Or is that absolutely crazy? Like a whole shakeup? Because I know there's that you know, Scoot and Brandon Miller have been meeting with the Hornets for number two, but I don't know. Could number three be the next big question mark in this draft? Joe? I, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's going to be Scoot or Brandon Miller at two, the other at three, and then we move on to Thompson at four, but maybe it gets shaken up. Well, let me ask you this. With this, with this move and all the steam on Brandon Miller going number two, is, it, is there now value on Scoot? at two because after it flips and again you look at the mocks it's split down the middle 50 percent have miller at two now maybe when everybody has their updated mock they submit their final one uh for to get those hits for the final 24 hours before the draft that a lot of them are going to be on miller but maybe uh, maybe the value is now henderson as as the bigger dog, you know, you find a Brandon Miller minus 400, minus 475. Has that much really changed? That's a great point. You I've know, seen plus 250 for Scoot, and it's like, I think you bet Miller to go to at what, plus 170? So it's like, why not just take, take a shot at uh, Scoot going two, and you've got some value there. I mean, thing, crazy things happen in drafts. That's what's so fun about it, J-Rod. Yeah, and what we're going back to the Thompsons. What about Ozer as a top five pick? You can get that at plus money, and then you look. Okay, who would be the fifth pick? Well, that would be the Pistons. Could they use a six-seven guard forward guy with some skills? Yeah, that you know maybe you go maybe you go to the Thompsons back to back. You know, Amin at four and Ozer at five. That you know, mm-hmm. to me, that's that's what jumped out at me that 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 Ozer is plus money as a top five pick. I know Cam Whitmore's in there as well, you know, mm-hmm. as, as the favorite to be a top uh, to be number five. But Ozer could be an opportunity there. Like, you know, I've seen it somewhere, you know, plus one seventy five. In the Ringer, um, Kevin O'Connor with the Ringer has Amon going four to the Rockets, Ozer going five to the Pistons, like you said. And there, you can still find some value on those guys going that high which i think is pretty interesting he has also he has also five, uh five now i thought it was six i thought he had no. walker at five okay okay mm-hmm. that's yeah it's, it's interesting um as far as some of the bets that i'm taking a look at like at this point i'm i'm staying outside that top four and I'm I'm gonna trust the market and the value's gone. Like, yeah, 24 hours ago there was there was value on Miller and we talked about it during lightning bets, but now there isn't. I'm I'm looking after that. As far as draft position over unders, right now, not a ton of value, but a couple that did stand out to me. Uh I'm looking at Jarris Walker. 
of the ones that I trust more and more are putting Jairus Walker at fifth overall. And his draft position is at six and a half. And the under six and a half is even money. So I like that one, Jairus Walker, at number five to Detroit. Now, now the part that where I hesitate is getting the sense more and more that we're going to see a number of trades tomorrow night. And once a spot gets traded, fit, talent, everybody's going to have a different opinion. We've talked about that, that out after the top four. Who knows? It seems like it's completely up for grabs which players are going to be going. But Jairus Walker, a couple, couple opportunities there at five or six. A lot of steam for him to uh, Detroit. And then the other one that I'm taking a look at position-wise, Taylor Hendricks. Under eight and a half is plus 100. And we're starting to see a lot of a uh, lot of these late mocks come in on Hendricks going number seven to Indiana. Gavoni has it. Uh, Vicini has uh, has him going number seven. So I got some wiggle room at the seven and eight spot for Hendricks. I like the under eight and a half. Hmm. Yeah, one that I was looking at was Koulibaly, and we were talking about him yesterday. There seems to be you know, some steam on him. And some people are saying a guy like Cam Whitmore from Villanova could be one of those guys that falls in the draft. Apparently he's had some uh, workouts that weren't overly impressive. And I think there's some value on him. I've heard number nine thrown out there as the ninth pick overall. And I think you could get some good value on him. Of course, he's Wembenyana's um, teammate. So I think that could be interesting if he can crack the top 10. How about this top as a prop? Yeah. I, I, was, I was fishing around and I saw that which one of the Thompson twins gets drafted first? Oh, mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> now, Amin obviously crazy favorite. But, yeah. but all of a sudden, it, it, especially if you got those trades, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's almost three to one for Ozer to get drafted before his brother. So that, that's another fun well, little bet as well. It's, and I think that only happens, obviously, when we start – those trades start flying, but that's interesting as well. <laughs> From what I was ringing, reading in the ringer, uh, it, let's just say you are looking for a better defensive player. I heard, you know, it appears that Ozer is the better defensive player and um, perhaps Amon is just better athlete altogether. But if you are leading the defensive route, I think there, that, that could be worth the, the bet there if you want to bet him to go before his brother. I, I just haven't seen anyone that has that happening where Osser goes above Ahmed. It's It just seems like across the board, he's four. Uh, Ahmed's going number four to Houston. So, you know, another interesting angle here is that five spot that we've been talking about. And Cam Whitmore, he's a slight favorite over Walker. But if you're buying into what the market is saying, that, okay, it's Vic, it's Miller, it's Scoot, it's Ahmed. Instead of betting on Walker or Whitmore at plus 170, plus 190, why not take the top five in exact order and then just you make your decision between Walker or Whitmore because the odds that you're going to find with that is plus 300 as opposed to plus 170 if you go Whitmore at number five overall. If you're buying into uh, the idea that we know the top four. Now, I wouldn't ever say that especially more than 24 hours from a draft that we know what the top four is it's and what happened last year everybody remembers that that uh a lot of the a lot of the people that br- the newsmakers were completely wrong on that so 
that would scare me off a little bit. But if you're buying into that, oh, minus 300, minus 400, that, that's a way to find more value. Now, remember in the most recent draft, the NFL draft, that day, what was happening? And everybody was dead wrong on the Seattle pick, and it got to minus 400, minus 500. So don't go too crazy with, well, the odds say this, so this is definitely going to happen. Joe, I've got well, a question. I, so when should you wait? I mean, how long should you wait? It, 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 is the day of the draft too late? Is it is an hour before the draft too late? Because that, to me, that specter of a trade would be looming. You know, you've got your tickets and all of a sudden you find out, oh yeah, Zion got traded to, to Charlotte and all hell breaks loose and right. all the tickets go flying in the air. I know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew exactly when the right spot is. Like for Miller, I guess the right spot, the latest spot, I should say, was yesterday. And it's, you, we don't know when the news is going to start breaking, but we're going to see more and more of it over the next day or so. And, and just because there is news on something, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's what you also need to remember. Like, that's why I brought the idea up about Scoot. Like, okay, yeah, that's what people are saying. But, you know, those people are wrong, too, a lot of time. It is lying season. Lying season. Smoke now, screens. Char yeah. Charlotte has no reason to lie, right? Because Vic's going one. So it doesn't really matter, but teams still do it. Hmm. Speaking of like news and coming out, I mean, Kevin O'Connor says Ozer is better. He believes has an edge over his twin brother, Almond. It's just so hard with these drafts to figure out. Like some scouts are higher on one guy than another. Like, well, what does that actually mean? How can we use this to find an edge? Joe, do you, you've been very successful at these drafts. Do you, when you feel like something's a 50-50 coin flip, do you just go with a better value? Do you tend to stay away from it? Especially when it comes to these twins where you're finding different information, different places here. Yeah, yeah. If, if that's the case, <laughs> yes. But I don't think that's the case. Like I would say to Kevin O'Connor, okay, if, if this guy's better, why do you have Ahmed mocked ahead? You know, like he has him going four. So, I mean, you know, we're betting True. on draft spots. We're not betting on which player is going to be better in 10 years from now. So that, that's the tough part. Um, something else that I was taking a look at, like I was hoping that we would, we would find better numbers because after the top four picks, you have a lot of variance here. But the market knows that. It's, it's hard to get some, some big numbers. One I was taking a look at, I won't completely trash, you know, Indiana here. But when I was taking a look at was a uh, first round pick looking near the bottom. All right. Where, where can we find some value? Because, you know, if we don't know what's happening after the top five, how are we supposed to know what's happening in those 25 picks afterwards? <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis uh, mocked by some to go in the first round. I've seen people take him as high as 23. A lot have him at 30 overall to the LA Clippers. He's three to one to be a first round pick. I just, you know, when you're just taking shots, shots in the dark, and that's what they are, late first-round picks, don't you just go with the talent? Yeah, give him the most talented player. And, and you look at the college career that he had and how he was able to take over games in the Big Ten at times. Like, I, yeah, Trace Jackson mm -hmm. Davis at 3-1 to one to be a first-round pick. I would bet on that. So I like that one. I think that's a good point because I think in the NBA, because there's less positions to fill it, comparing it to the NFL. I mean, if I'm in the front office, don't you go best player available and not like drafting for yeah. need. 
I mean, it just seems like a no brainer that you would do that. Right. That's where I'm at with it because I mean, who knows once you get this far in the draft, you're just taking shots and you know, maybe some people will feel like, Oh, there's security and with Jaime Jaquez and, and how much experience that he has, people will take him and, you know, Chris Murray out of Iowa is a solid, or Keontae George, good program at Baylor. But yeah, with a lot of these, we, we also tend to see some teams that go with the bigger programs that ha- have been winning situations that have more success. What, what did we hear from the nuggets right after their draft? I mean, after they won the title, they were talking about bringing in winning players in the draft and they find that they're able to contribute almost immediately. Yeah, I would imagine when you get down to the to the bottom, you know, the in the twenties, it, it's more of a nuanced pick, right? Because generally those teams are in pretty good shape and maybe are looking mm-hmm. for something in particular, as opposed to up top where you you you're there for a reason. You need everything. Um, but it's an interesting take with the Nuggets, especially look, trying to get guys who now you have a culture, you have a winning culture, so you want guys that are going to sit there and 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 blend in seamlessly like that. Good point. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't surprise me, copycat league, if we see some of that, right? And, and that example was about Christian Brown. And, and we saw how much he contributed in their, in their, uh, contributed in their late postseason run. He was huge in some of these fourth quarters, even in the NBA finals. And, and that's what they were saying. Like, yeah. hey, man, he's a champion. He, he's a scrappy guy. And we need some of that. We need some of that energy coming off the bench. And that's exactly what he provided for them. So copycat leaks. Oh, you won the title. You went about it this, this way. Maybe, maybe we should be taking a look at that. That is, it isn't quite about all the measurables when we get to that point in the draft. Yeah. And like, you just take a look at, you know, the Brooklyn Nets when they tried to bring in all these star players and it didn't work. Like maybe that recipe people are finding just isn't as sexy as it once seemed. Like that trend seems like it's starting to fizzle out. I'm sure it can still work, but it's starting to seem like more often than not, you get all these egos and star players and divas and people don't get along. And it, it takes, it takes a lot to get that chemistry down with those unique personalities um, to, to really have good chemistry and make it work. I think it's, it's rare. Yeah. Well, I think what, what Brooklyn showed us was they, and this is what Phoenix is going to, you're, you're doing that super team and you're doing it with a new coach. It didn't work in Brooklyn. Will it work in Phoenix? I get it. Vogel's got a ring, but again, you know, you know, it worked in Miami because you had an established coach. Should be interesting. Mm-hmm. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, we go off the board right here on the BetQL Network.